Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. What's going on? Y'all know what? October is really underway. And this is one spooky old month. Let me tell you something. It is spooky. Ghouls, goblins, demons, all type of stuff out here in this world. But we got to fight it together one way or another. Sports, let me get a word from the sponsor. We're going to kick this show off how we need to get this right. This portion of our program is brought to you by PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Company provides unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of the Philadelphia area. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt that they'll stand out in the crowd. Act now and listeners can use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co. Remember to use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off. Act now while supplies last. Thank you for the word from Barry Jordan, one of the hosts here in Sports City, holding it down as usual. Let me get into this show as best as possible, calling in from the Midwest somewhere. I want to say uh, Hoosierville by way of, of Delaware. My big brother always, man, we fight bigger, but we get back together like Elmer's glue or crazy glue. Fantasy basketball is on Royce King. Arkeezy, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? I'm feeling good, Thomas, man. Excited to be back inside the kitchen, ready to get this brunch going. We got some uh, football to talk. We got uh, some NBA is back with the preseason action. So I'm feeling good, brother. Let's make this October something special. You just reminded me, too. I got to get my pen and paper together to start tallying things up for the doggone score. We do have the co-host in the building early. Whoa, well, on time somewhat. I got to get him in here calling in by the Midwest as well, by way of Mississippi, Mississippi, Mississippi. I got to try to say, or New Orleans. I got to try and roll all that country because my family from the South, but not that region of the South. We have Mr. Harvey, A.K. Mike. Welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? Deep dirty, Sal. I'm doing good, man. How you doing, T.T.? And Royce, good morning to you, too, as well. 
ready to get this going, man. We got lots to get to um, this one. Looking forward to it. I'm 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 fighting, man. Man, it's it, it's a lot of things testing me, man. But um, one thing my father said was keep your head up and keep on moving, soul to soul, man. I don't know if y'all ever heard of soul to soul. Y'all might be a little too young for that type of music, but um, I grew up off of a song called "Keep on Moving, Don't Stop." So I'ma keep on moving. Okay, so there you go. Sports, Sports City. This this is a um. Watch your head, show. <laughs> like, really, watch your head because it can get bloody today. Um, and this is all by way of me. Um, I know for sure that I try to keep my personal out of here, try to be as analytical as possible, but I can feel it. I feel like Phil Collins right now. So let me get into the, the orders and uh, we'll get to the entree and, and the meats and potatoes as best as possible. So yesterday, kicked off the divisional series in baseball. I want to get these scores out because I really don't have standings to go over because everybody's basically a game in. The first game was the Texas Rangers went into Baltimore and stopped the American League leading Baltimore Orioles in winning this one in a one-run game, 3-2. to two. The next game that followed up behind that was the American League West winner, the Houston Astros defending champs holding it down, winning their matchup against the American Central American League Central winner, the Minnesota Twins winning this game four to six. Um, in the third game, the Philadelphia Phillies hold off the MLB league leading Atlanta Braves, and this is a shocker to me because uh, the Braves' offense has been electric all season, and they stopped they stopped them at home, and Atlanta three to nothing. And this one is the shocker out of all shockers. <laughs> this is spooky. This is what I'm telling you. There's ghouls, goblins, demons, all type of stuff out here. This is spooky. I'm telling you, watch yourself, Sports City. The Arizona Diamondbacks go into Los Angeles and stop the Dodgers, winning this game 11-2. to Okay. The Dodgers have been frequently monsters going into the postseason for the past couple of years. I really thought that it'd be Atlanta, LA, nobody stopping these two and both of them like stumbled out of the blocks, which I don't I don't think is a situation where they don't still make it. Um both of them lost their home field advantage. But um the way that they lost is like interesting to me. But um I'll come to you first, Mike. Your thoughts on the first game well we'll go in you can go in sequence. I want you to go in sequence. From the Rangers okay. and I'll follow behind you with the the, the Astros game the Philly game and the Diamondbacks. I'll let you go in sequence on the four games. Okay, cool. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, so, real quick, uh, Baltimore and Texas, man. Listen, Bruce Bochy, uh, Tanner's been saying it on the uh, on the roundtable gumbo and throughout the throughout the year. Bruce Bochy's postseason experience with with this team. Um, I'm not surprised they showed up in. Uh, took care of business. This is still going to be a very good series. I still expect it to go five. A big win for Texas on the road right there. Uh, you know, these wild card teams kind of at a disadvantage because they had to uh, come back earlier this week and only told off on a couple of them. Told off on Minnesota. They had to throw Bailey over yesterday instead of one of their top two pitchers. And Jordan Alvarez, two home runs. Jose Altuve with yards. Uh, they were able to beat Minnesota six to four. Minnesota going to be able to come back <clears throat> with 
Lopez today, I believe. So uh, they should be able to come back and at least put their best pitcher back on the mound in that series. Uh, Houston is definitely, you know, defending champs, even though they're kind of up and down this year. Uh, you're going to have to really knock them out. So, uh, you know, one nothing there for the Astros. Uh, both of these series, I feel like, are really up in the air. Uh, the Atlanta series, TP, I said on Thursday night uh, that – I hated to say this, but I felt like the Phillies are a little bit better prepared right now on the mound with all the pitching injuries that Atlanta has had. Uh, But there's nothing wrong with the starting pitching last night, man. Uh, Spencer Strider goes seven innings. He gave up uh, two runs. I think only one of them was earned, but he gave up a couple runs. He, He gave his team a chance to win. He did everything you could ask for. Uh, in a game one starter. Uh, for some reason, Brian Snicker and the Braves decided to tweak the lineup a little bit, but the Braves didn't get a lot of opportunities. Uh, Phillies went into their bullpen in the fifth inning. Uh, you know, they went analytics yesterday and it worked. Uh, but the Braves shut out for the first time since May the 12th. Uh, that did not happen to this team very much at all this year. And now you're going to have to win two out of the three games that Wheeler and Nola are going to start <clears throat> and you're going to have to win the other game too. So they got to win three out of four to close the deal. They still can. This is still a very good team, but I I was leaning towards the Phillies coming in, especially in a short series, unfortunately. Um, so we will see. Uh, that makes game two of the utmost importance on <clears throat> on Monday. The Braves cannot go to Philly down uh, two. And shout out to a friend of ours on the on the East Coast TP, uh, Joe Joey from uh, Philly tried to tell me that the Braves would do good to have twenty thousand people at that game. The Braves did show up forty three thousand strong and had a uh, that place was sold out standing room only uh, record crowd in that place. So they did show up and show out for their team. Uh, the team's offense just did not show up at all in this game and. I really thought for Atlanta to win this series, game one was a must win. But we'll see. Uh, maybe I'll talk myself off the ledge uh, between now and Monday. And then as far as the night game, man, this is the biggest thing that I've – I didn't see this coming. You're right. 11-2 to two is a shocker. But postseason Kershaw rears his ugly head again. As great as he's been in the regular season – and now he may come back, if they make it to game four, he may come back and pitch really well in game four. But it is not uncommon for Clayton Kershaw to throw up a bad start in the postseason. <clears throat> and this year, I think TP is the worst time for it to happen because the Dodgers don't have the pitching depth that they've had in previous seasons. You have a lot of rookies and a lot of, I mean, you're talking about Lance Lynn, who I know you're familiar with. Uh, Ryan Pipio, a, a bunch of rookies, Evan Sheehan, a bunch of rookies starting for this team. <clears throat> I thought it was really important for Clayton Kershaw to have a good start and be able to get this thing done for L.A. last night. Uh, L.A.'s in trouble. L.A.'s in serious trouble against the Diamondbacks. Uh, the Diamondbacks are now going to be able to throw Kelly one other time and Zach Gallen twice um, in this series. So uh, this is definitely concerning. You know, last year, the Dodgers and the Braves lost in the division series to the Phillies and the Padres. It may be Phillies-Diamondbacks this year, but 
uh, you know, it's just game one. Uh, there's time to turn things around. But uh, it, to me, it's not looking good for L.A. and and Atlanta. But I think that I think Baltimore and Minnesota, it's still anybody's series for sure. Yeah, I'll try to do this as best as I possibly can. Um, whoever has the TV, please, I can hear the feedback. Um, one, the the first game, I feel like this is so up and down. I agree with you with the, the Rangers and the Orioles situation. I really thought the Orioles would be strong enough to knock off the Rangers, but the Rangers have been so up and down at this point. I, I don't know how to judge it because uh, going into August, they had gotten hot. Then at the end of August, they went on like an 11-game losing streak in the midst of it because I, I remember it because they were playing the Twins, so I remember that, and the Twins swept them. And um, then they got extremely hot again toward the middle and end of September, and it's like that's what they always say. Teams pick up speed going into the playoffs. That's the team that you have to worry about uh, moving forward because they, they're hot, they're consistent, and, and they feel like this is their time. And the Rangers are putting together at the right time, let alone going across the country. Well, not really across the country, but going to the East Coast and going into Camden Yards and stealing that first game where now it's anybody's series where they definitely have the gun and uh, more or less have home field advantage going back to Texas when they can after game two. If they go back to Texas up 2 nothing, they're in the driver's seat. They, driver's seat. they can breathe and um, just pull one off. And um, – they have won uh, three straight games for the third time uh, in their history because they won two in this, uh, you know, the wild card series and then one in this one here that they've been playing well at this point in time. This is making the Rangers that much dangerous. But this is that situation you don't want them to fall apart at the wrong time because they do get streaky. Uh, the way that, like I said, that they lost 11 games previously, you don't want that to happen now after winning the first one, and then it's like we were in the driver's seat, and then, as you know, we lost three straight. Texas has to continue to keep their foot on their neck, steal this series from an Orioles team that was the best in the American League at this point in time. The uh, the Twins series against the Astros, the Astros have so much experience and so many veterans. It's tough for the Twins at this point in time to go as young as they are. I um, – this is where it gets personal for me. I love everything that Rocco's doing, but Rocco knew that he had to come out there with a veteran and went with a rookie and barely over, and it ended up costing him. Because that, that one thing about Joe Ryan and barely over, they have now all season long been giving up the long ball. And um, barely over gave up the long ball on the first pitch to Jose Altuve. And just watching him throw that fastball to a guy, like you know that he's, one, he's like 5'4". So it's like you got to put it in his wheelhouse. And as soon as he's seen a, the pitch, like chest high for him, is like knee, normal knee high for everybody else. He smacked that clean the left field. And it's like you already got him worrisome that he's down a run and trying to fight his way back into that game. And, um, you know, giving up hits to uh, Alvarez as well. That, that was just huge. To, you know, the long ball became the effect of the game. Knowing that they went down 5 nothing. Dusty Baker, for some odd reason, keeps pulling Verlander while he's cooking. I'm thankful that he did it because Verlander was literally on his way to shut us out. And they pulled him out, and then the Twins woke up and started getting their long ball game back in and made it a game. And um, the Astros ended up shutting the door uh, later, getting another home run from Alvarez as well. 
Um, this guy is an absolute monster. And his his consistency has been there, you know, postseason after postseason as well. I feel like the Twins can make it an interesting game today, but um, coming out of the gate, going with a, a young gun on the bump up against a team that's been here, they just won the championship. Like, I don't get that move, Rocco. Like, I feel like these people are over-managing or micromanaging, however you look at it. But I, 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 that's been my question all year long. Is Rocco doing too much and being analytical, so on and so forth? And I don't know if this is something that he could nail the Astros. But they, they responded the way that they're supposed to respond, saying that uh, game two should be interesting today. But um, nevertheless, that that is my question that he went that route. Um the next series I have is the Phillies and uh, the Braves. Now, this is why it's bothersome to me because the Braves were so hot, I didn't feel anybody could slow them down. I, I really felt like they were cruising to the World Series title and never judge a book by its cover. Never. <laughs> like, like I don't I don't care what you think you got. Like, like this thing could change. I, I feel like sports is magic. I really feel a certain way. I'm going to tell you how I really feel about sports in a little bit. I can't. I really can't wait to get to that part. But um, there's magic in sports. And for the Phillies, uh, one of my friends that lives out here in Connecticut, he's a diehard Braves fan. This past week before going into that series, he said, don't count the Braves fully in. Because the Phillies scare me. He said, the Phillies scared me up against the Braves. And I'm like, wow. And, well, not wow yet. I was like, I don't think so. I don't think the Phillies can slow y'all down because the Phillies had their run last season. This is you guys' turn, the way that the offense has been playing. And as soon as I thought that, I didn't say it to him as much as I wanted to, the Phillies come out with a shutout in Atlanta. And it's like, whoa. Like, he really said that. And my friend called it before they even got busy. And um, it's like – you want the studs of that Braves team to step up now in game two. They cannot go back to Pennsylvania down to nothing, or the Phillies will sweep. They can't let the Braves get up. If the Braves lose game two today, they have to go in there and shut the door in game three. If the, the Braves get their legs underneath them, I feel like they could close the door of game three, four, and five and really disrupt the rest of the postseason. The Phillies have to do the best that they can to like keep this mojo going up against an electrically hot Atlanta Braves team. But for them to not score is the one thing that stunned me. Like, winning or losing a game is one thing, but for a team that's been offensive all season long, that's the stunner. And Mike said something so interesting in the bottom line of this situation, and that's in the Dodgers ordeal about Clayton Kershaw. If you've been a part of Sports City through the entirety of this run, or at least for a while this guy has been a part of their team, I am not a big Clayton Kershaw fan. Clayton Kershaw, to me, is very overrated. Um, in a couple of runs where he has seen his success, it's been there, but he gets rocked a lot in the postseason. Mike nailed that, and it's like, wow, finally somebody sees what I see about Clayton Kershaw. And uh, for this run total in L.A., where you see that Dodger Blue, it's like the house of horror in the postseason Arizona went in there like, no, we've been here before. We see you all season long, and uh, we have, you know, postseason relevance. We won a World Series within the past 23 years. Like, we know what to do out here. So they caught the Dodgers with their pants down, no no pun intended. But uh, for this type of blowout, I feel like the Diamondbacks not only can win in this series, they believe that they could be the better team. Um, for them to put up this type of performance, I really feel like the Dodgers will bounce back game two. 
try to turn this thing around and be split going to Arizona. But the mojo has definitely changed uh, within the National League. I am completely stunned the way the National League is, uh, is uh, coming out of the block. Um, Royce, is there anything that you'd like to address baseball-wise before we get away from it? No, sir. Okay, so we will move right along into um, – the the uh, if you guys ever seen the movie Top Gun, one of my favorite movies growing up. The lead song of that movie is Highway to the Danger Zone. And Sports City, I'm warning you now, is gonna get nasty. I'm not I'm not playing around. I've I had enough. Um, I tried my best to like be professional and. Like, no, I think it happened, so on and so forth. Enough is enough. Y'all, you can't. You can't pull the I'm, – I'm no longer watching you pull the wool over my eyes. Okay, so we'll get into this as best we possibly can. Saturday, October 7th, commenced, and these are the scores for the top 25. Georgia wins their matchup up against Kentucky 51-13 to in Athens. Michigan blows out Minnesota 52-10 to in Minnesota. Oklahoma wins a nail-biter in Texas. People, if you have not seen this game or wearing a fly in the air at this this Red River rivalry, oh, my goodness, this game was electric. Quinn Ewers, I apologize. I was sleeping. He's a good quarterback. But Dylan Gabriel, oh, my goodness, if you keep running, you're part part of the Heisman. You should be in New York City. <laughs> they better take note what this kid is up to in Norman. Uh, that's for sure. Um, Ohio State beats Maryland in Columbus 37-17. This is interesting early, but Ohio State definitely put their foot on the Terps neck and took care of business. Florida State cruised past Virginia Tech 39-17. USC Wins a nail biter and triple overtime, forty-three to forty-one. Sports City. Um, I can't even lie to you. I really love the way Caleb Williams played ball, but USC to be as ranked as they are, as high as they are, their defense is horrible. Arizona is not a good team, and for them to give them forty-one, I feel like this ship could rock at any given moment. To whoever's sturdy enough to knock off USC in the uh, Pac-12. I was going to say the Pac-10, dating myself. But um, in the Pac-12, whoever's strong enough, I feel like it could be Washington or if it gets to the championship game, something like that. It can be done. It, it can be done. You, you got for Arizona to be up 17 nothing. they up 17 nothing. Like not only were USC like, you know, stunted coming out of the blocks or whatever, Arizona was able to score as much as they could and still ended up losing this game. My questions are still there for USC, regardless of how good Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams are. They are still undefeated at this point in time. <laughs> undefeated. Let me keep going because, believe me, it's going to get ridiculous. Um, Louisville wins at home in Kentucky up against Notre Dame, 33-20. to Um Notre Dame now has two losses uh, falling into the top 25. I wonder where they end up placing them. Knowing the committee, I think they'll be in the teens. I don't think they'll fall as much as the 20s, I think, respectively. So I think Louisville had way more athletes on the field than Notre Dame, and that's what's ending up costing them. Uh, the next matchup we have are the Alabama Crimson Tide winning their matchup up against Texas A&M 26-20. This is a very interesting matchup because Texas A&M was tight all game long. 
and uh, the safety really made it a tougher situation for uh, Texas A&M because they were facing a nine-point deficit late in the game. Alabama still has their issues. Uh, their receiver was going off. One of the receivers had 197 yards receiving in his game. Milrow, the quarterback, I, I got to give him credit. As much, you know, information that he's taking, like they're, they're throwing at him, he's still doing as much as he can in his first year. Um, still pulling these games off one way or another. Washington State lose their matchup up against UCLA, 25 to 17, being unranked uh, in Westwood, pulling this off in the Pac-12. Washington State should probably fall into the 20s, if not falling out of contention. But we'll see, because this is a big loss within the Pac-12. Um, North Carolina cruises up against Syracuse. Syracuse was coming out the gate strong earlier this season, but got slapped around in this game, losing 40 to 7 in Chapel Hill. The next matchup I have is Oregon State. The Beavers knock off. California, the Golden Bears lose this game 52-40. to 40. The Pac-12 defensive issues still loom. <laughs> Looking at this, but is Oregon State really ready for the bright lights? Um, the next matchup I have is uh, Mississippi knocks off Arkansas, winning this matchup 27-20, to 20, in which Arkansas has, you know, been fighting all season long, making it interesting across the board. They could have – I feel like they could have won this game but Ole Miss did enough to uh, stay within the realm to win the game at the end of the day. I can't take away from what uh, Lane Kiffin is doing at this point in time. He's doing the best that he can uh, with the team that he has, that's for sure. Um, who is it? I don't know how to do this because right? <laughs> I want to get past it. I got to get past it somehow. Okay, let me let me get past it. Um, Jordan Tech wins their matchup up against Miami. 23-20, to 20, Miami's 17th ring in the nation. I think they'll fall out of the top 25. LSU wins their matchup against Missouri, 49-39, to 39, and a nail-biter. This game was close all game long. Going back and forth, Missouri had the lead a few times. LSU fought back and then put their foot on the Tigers' neck. Well, this is a Tiger-Tiger game <laughs> at that crazy. Well, the, the yellow and black Tigers and uh, taking care of business in Missouri, winning this one by double digits. Uh, Jaden Daniels saves the day. The LSU Tigers still have their woes defensively, giving up damn near 40 points. Uh, but this was on the road, though. I definitely have to give them their credit. And to round out the top 25, uh, Wyoming pulls off the upset up against Fresno State, 24-19. Sports um, City, I said I tried my best to get past it. I, I got to do this. is is um I, I I really can't hold any punches on this situation because it's personal. And, and um, the ghouls and goblins, this is a demon. This is the demon that I'll tell you about. Um, I'm going to get personal. Sports City, within the past, uh, what is it, the eighth? Within the past month and a half, I had lost my occupation. And um, I got it back. I got well at another uh, company opportunity. So I know how hard it is when losing, you know, your job, so on and so forth. No matter how tough it is or how good you may be doing your thing, it's another thing to let people down. Mario Cristobal did something last night that is fireable. Um there was there's nothing on the line for him to blow that game at all. There, there's nothing that he needed to prove. Everything that 
happened at the end of the game from what I think is 34 seconds left in the game, something like that. Like everything in 34 seconds that happened, there was no need for that to happen. Um, Let me just explain this. The Hurricanes are up three. <laughs> the, uh, the Yellow Jackets are out of timeouts. It's third down. There's 34 seconds on the clock. All he has to do is kneel the ball. The game is over. They run a run play and shotgun. Like, like okay, okay, granted you're running a play. You ran a run play with no lead blocker if you're trying to be safe, right? Now, this is where it gets interesting. Don Chaney is carrying the ball, and he falls to the ground. His elbow does hit the ground. And the refs to make this a game, quote unquote, quote unquote, and I'm winking my eye, I'm doing everything possible, quote unquote, to make this a game, say this is a fumble. His elbow is literally on the ground before the guy attempts to rip the ball out from his his grasp. He ends up ripping the ball out. The ball comes out. Uh, Georgia Tech receipt, you know, ends up receiving the ball, and in 26 seconds, they got downfield off of two pass plays. One pass play went to the outer boundary on the left side of the field um, where they're playing man, like a man zone, and the guy that's playing the ball, instead of trying to knock the ball down or keep it in front of him, he goes for the pick. He's underneath the route. The pass is <laughs> in play. The pass is in play. It didn't, he didn't even get out of bounds. The clock is running. They end up spiking the ball. They still have 10 seconds on the clock. The next play is a rollout pass where the quarterback's on the move and throws the ball in the end zone in quadruple coverage. They all let this receiver get behind them. Um, touchdown. One, why is everybody letting these receivers get behind you guys when you can't let them score a touchdown or, or the field goal, let alone the field goal to tie it? You guys aren't even playing correct defense. This defense is playing strong all game long. They held them, even with the game winner, they still held that offense under 200 yards total. Rushing and passing, you guys blew that? Like, Sports City, I try my best, but these guys will tell you, from Mike to Royce, I talk to these guys heavily, I try my best not to say this, sports are fixed. Sports are fixed. There's nothing you can tell me right now after seeing that bull crap. That is bull crap. Now, there is a history of Mario Cristobal, and this is why I'm saying that he should be fired for what just happened. I didn't remember that this happened, but when I heard this story, I was like, I remember this. 2018, the Oregon Ducks are playing the Stanford Cardinal in Oregon, in Eugene. Same situation, at home. Miami's at home. What what else do you need? Victory formation for what? What, his, are his knees bad? Like, give the running back the ball, he'll take a knee. What, fall down. Say hi, you fall. The game, what? Okay, so... They're playing the Cardinals. It's second down. Um, who, the quarterback at the time was Justin Herbert, they said. Herbert had completed a pass, got the first down, pulled one of the timeouts out of Stanford. They had one more left. He gets the next play, they burn another timeout. Listen to this. There's like two more minutes left on the clock. Herbert runs two more plays, gets another first down. The third play, they fumble. Stanford gets the ball and wins the game. And all he had to do was kneel the ball 
and win the game. This is something that Mario Cristobal is doing, and there's no excuse. Even even in his presser at the end of the game, he said, I should have just knelt the ball. There's no dodging any bullet just getting away from it. I feel like you. I can get in front of a a, a room full of people, speak to you about the game. I'm going to have to deal with you punching me all around the room, talking this, that, or the third. If you hit me a $10 million bag, I'm good. I'm good. I can put a – they need to investigate him. They need to there, – there's no way that – he could get away with that. He knew what was wrong. You know football. You made that mistake before. And said, you got an undefeated season in front of you. Like, how, how do you give up an undefeated season? There, there, there's, there's no excuse for that. And he wasn't in front of some 1,000-yard season. He wasn't going to gain a 100-yard game. Or there was nothing there for him to run the ball at all, especially with uh, Tyler Van Dyke turning the ball over three times. He had three picks. Tyler Van Dyke looked horrible. So, so if you guys have a turnover issue, why would you sit up here and risk it to get out of that game as tough as that game looked for you up against Georgia Tech that's not ranked and you end up losing that game? That is ridiculous. There, there's no excuse. This season is blown because the coach out-coached out himself. I I don't even know how to announce this or address this. this that's disgusting for kids. And watching them all sit over there and cry, I feel bad for Don Taney because Don Taney's the one that fumbled. I feel bad for him, but you—you you, he shouldn't have been in that situation. Why give him the ball right there? Dante should have got the ball and just fell on the ground. The game would have been over. He could have got the ball from Van Dyke in a shotgun run and, and fell, and that's the game. Like, you got him because he's a warrior. He's going to blast up the middle and do what he can. At the end of the day, I don't respect Mario Cristobal no more. When, uh, when they hired him, that wasn't the hire I wanted. At the end of the day, I don't think coaches that are from Miami or went to school in Miami are the coaches. They have to get a coach that wants to prove something. Mario Cristobal is not ready to win a national championship. He proved it in uh, Oregon, and he's going to do the same thing in Miami. <laughs> However, you know, big the bag is for him to bring that back to Florida, him and his family are going to be set. NCAA need to investigate that. There is, there's no excuse. I don't care where nobody – Everybody in the world, every announcer that was there in Hard Rock Cafe, everybody's like, what is he doing? No, 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 don't. Even when Tyler Van Dyke was setting up, everybody's like, do not snap the ball like that. And, of course, blowing it. And when it's happening, I'm looking at it like anything can happen. I was I was telling voices. I was I was telling anybody, anything can happen after I've seen that or uh, before the fumble happened. It's, it's disgusting that you have these type of people, you know, accountable for the team. But at the end of the day, they get away with being insert name here, you know, like ridiculous. And and this is how we got to face the world. And um, a lot of people like, you know, you nation, how they have to address the world, so on and so forth. It, it, it That shouldn't even be a question for any of us to answer at the end of the day. I feel like this is something that Mario Cristobal should have to answer for the rest of his life. Like that's something that he had to carry on. But in like the next two years, everybody's going to forget this. Like I forgot what happened with, Oregon and Justin Herbert, but it had to come back to me off of memory being, you know, jogged. Um, Mike, I'll let you get into it. Top 25 for the games that went down just yesterday. So Wyoming is shown to be competitive throughout this year. Uh, getting that win over Fresno State is not shocking to me, but, you know, pump the brakes on Fresno. They're, you know, they're not going to be that next uh, undefeated non-power five team. 
TP, my heart went out to you when I saw this Miami game yesterday. That's crazy to me. All he's got to do is kneel on the ball. And this is the Georgia Tech team that we just talked about a week ago. Uh, lost to Bowling Green, right? And so I feel like Vegas already got their money because it was under the spread. Uh, but then I guess maybe somebody bet money line. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, that that, that just seems uh, – that seems crazy to me at the end of that game. It really gave me some uh, Les Miles vibes from back in LSU. Uh, that was that, that was tough to watch. Uh, man, uh, looking around, I agree with you on USC and that defense. This team was very fortunate uh, to come out with a win yesterday. Now they play Notre Dame next weekend and Utah the following weekend. And then they got a two-game stretch in October where they have Oregon and Washington back-to-back. So, uh, listen, Lincoln Riley's teams have never played defense, and this team does not appear to be the exception. Uh, you know, Washington State drops the game. Their biggest win this year was against Oregon State, and they came back. Washington State beat Utah uh, last week, but uh, sometimes tough to handle success. So they go, you know, they drop that game to UCLA. Uh, let's see, looking around the Pac-10. Uh, Oregon State, I think, you know, gave up more points than I thought they would, uh, but that defense is not great. We will see, you know, as this season continues to evolve. I don't really see, I still think the best defensive team in the Pac-12 is Utah, but can they get their quarterback back is, is the thing. Uh, we'll see uh, in the next couple weeks. As far as at the top of the polls, man, like, this was a performance that we've kind of been waiting on uh, from Georgia. They've gotten off to slow starts. They barely got out of there alive against Auburn last week. 27-20 uh, to was the final last week. Kentucky undefeated, coming off a big win over Florida, in which uh, Ray Davis runs for almost 300 yards. Well, Georgia bottled him up. Georgia got off to a fast start, and they kind of reasserted themselves as the best team in the SEC yesterday. Michigan took care of business, which is what I thought Michigan's going to be uh, a tough program to deal with uh, this year. Uh, going down the rest of the top 25, Texas. Man, you're right. That Texas-Oklahoma game was fantastic. I know Quinn Ewers threw a couple of interceptions, but the man was 30 for 36. He completed 83% of his passes. I don't know what what more you could really ask of Quinn Ewers to do. Uh, you got to be able to pull off a stop. Oklahoma got the ball, got points right at the end of the first half. They got a field goal there, and they were able to drive down and hit the game winner uh, late in the game. Uh, Dylan Gabriel is for real. He played, I want to say, like Central Florida or South Florida, one of those schools before he transferred. Oklahoma had a really down year last year. I think they lost 49 to nothing to Texas in that Red River game, which is a rarity for that series. Uh, but they came back in a big way. Uh, that was a, a very good football game. And the thing that's going to be interesting to me to see is if these teams run the table and they meet again in the conference championship game because the Big 12 has gone away from Divisions 2. Uh, you know, if that goes the other way, could they get? Could either one of these teams get in the playoffs? Could both of them get in? I don't know what's 
what's going to happen there. We'll see kind of how that shakes out. But that was a very, very competitive uh, game in the early window and a lot of fun to watch. LSU, you're right. Defensive Wolves for sure. They made a couple plays late to get this done against Missouri. They were down early. They fought back. Jaden Daniels uh, threw the ball okay and also had uh, like 159 yards rushing or something crazy. Uh, even after taking a big hit in the end zone, got back up and came back. And Jaden Daniels played really well for LSU yesterday to help them get a road win. I'm impressed with that win. I'm still not impressed with that defense. I said going in after last week, I said this team's going to be lucky to go seven and five. I still believe that they have two losses. They still have Texas A&M and Alabama on the schedule. And then that's assuming they win two out of the three against Missouri, Florida, and Auburn. So they got one of them. Uh, we will see you know, what they can do moving forward. Uh, Texas A&M, stop it. This team uh, can win some games, uh, but miss me with this Jimbo Fisher. He beat him a couple of years ago in College Station, not this week. Alabama coming, they lost that game to Texas. Everybody wanted to say that they are down and that Alabama's buried. Well, they beat Ole Miss. Now they beat A&M. They beat Mississippi State, which is not a huge surprise. Uh, but Alabama still, with that win over Texas A&M, clearly looks like the favorite coming out of the SEC West. Jaden Milrow, is, you're right, taking in a lot of information, continuing to grow as quarterback. But the one thing you can't question with that kid is his arm strength, man. He can really throw the deep ball. Um, now we'll see if he, you know, the – the mid-range passes, the things he's got to put some touch on, that's something that still needs, you know, needs some work. But uh, he can really, really throw that deep ball, and he is a threat with his legs running the ball. Uh, but Max Johnson, Brad's kid, uh, backup quarterback for A&M, a couple costly interceptions yesterday that ended up hurting A&M, and they dropped this game at home. And it's funny because a lot of people were really high on Texas A&M in this game and really thinking that Texas A&M – had the inside track to represent the SEC West uh, in the championship game. Uh, not to be, I don't believe. So uh, Ole Miss, like, nice win by them. I thought, I agree with you. I felt like Arkansas could have won this game. I was very curious to see how Lane Kiffin would handle success after winning against a rake team last week, and they were able to get it done. Uh, K.J. Jefferson is one of the best quarterbacks that people <laughs> don't really know. And a lot of it is because Arkansas has failed to put a great team around him. And it's funny because Sam Pittman's the head coach at Arkansas, and he's got an offensive line background, but their offensive line's not very good. Uh, they're not protecting well. And Arkansas has been close in a lot of, lot of games, but just not able to close the deal and, and get things done. So uh, we will see what happens there. Just kind of – and the Arkansas people are really getting restless. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of grumblings coming out of there. And need I remind you guys that you just came off Chad Morris, who went like two years without winning a conference game. So I, I don't know what Arkansas expects, but maybe they need to uh, reevaluate their expectations a little bit um, as far as what they're expecting from that team. Because I, I do think Sam Pittman's a good coach. I think he – uh, rallies the troops and cares about that state, but it's not the grass isn't always greener uh, when you want to replace that head coach. 
Uh, Florida State, man, like they did what they were supposed to do uh, against Virginia Tech yesterday. And this is crazy to me, TP, because Virginia Tech, for a lot of years, has been a really, really competitive program in the Big East and then later on in the ACC. Uh, Frank Beamer did a nice job there for many, many years. It wasn't just when Michael Vick was there, though that was probably when they were at their peak. But this team has really, really fallen off a cliff over the last few years. Uh, And I I don't know how you get it back. There's not a ton in Blacksburg to really attract a lot of people there. Uh, But I I definitely don't know how you get the, the interest back and get this program back to where it's used to being because uh, you know the the conference is tougher. You just mentioned North Carolina took care of business uh, in their game yesterday. So you got North Carolina, you got Florida State, you got you know Miami to deal with. Who you had them in the Big East, you got Florida State. There's a lot of good schools in that conference now. I think the days of Virginia Tech being like perennial conference champion contenders is pretty much a thing of the past. The only other one I want to mention real quick before we get off this is Louisville and Notre Dame. That's the biggest win for Louisville football in a good while. Uh, you know, they, they didn't leave any doubt. You're right. More athletes on the field, got good quarterback play. And the Louisville Cardinals took care of business. Notre Dame lost a close game against Ohio State. Now they come back and drop another one. And I don't know if it's a case of, you know, allowing one loss to – to cause you to lose a second one, but uh, Marcus Freeman's doing some good things at Notre Dame, and he's got a veteran quarterback, but you definitely just pretty much cost yourself any kind of hope at being in the college football playoffs. There's no team with two losses has ever been there, and I don't think this year is going to be the exception. So uh, better luck. Try again next year, and I don't think you're going to have Sam Hartman to do it. So we will see what happens in Notre Dame, but touchdown Jesus is crying today. There's something that you just said, saying the grass isn't always green on the other side when you get rid of a coach. I, on the other hand, do not care at this moment. Get rid of Crystal Bar at the end of the season. Um, I'd, I'd rather you stick it out for the remainder of this year. And the one thing that hurts about Crystal Ball is he is a great recruiter. He gets all of the best recruits. Like, he gets dynamic player after dynamic player. And it's just something that he doesn't have a goal to try to win a national championship. While he was in Oregon, he put together good team after good team and just fell short. And now he's in Miami and in a situation where he could have ran the table and one of those games was like, yo, you just escaped, you escaped. And and you blew that on purpose. Like, so I, I disagree with that. <laughs> no, if you have a coach that's sitting up here blowing games, I get it. Like it's hard to find a good coach and, get somebody with a name as Mario Cristobal, but there there is no way on God's green earth that you blow that game on purpose. What what was there to do for him to run the ball and then that's how you ran the clock out? Like, And then at the end of the game, people would still address it like, oh, you, if you would have lost the ball, you could have lost the game, and that's what freaking happened? Like, no, no, there's something that Chandler Knight and Royce King pushed to me ever since I met them. Stop trying to be the smartest guy in the room. And that that's happening here in Sports City and in life and in the world and in sports. Stop trying to be the smartest guy in the room. And I hope that sticks. Because this is costing people. This 
This is hurting people at the end of the day. This, this world is bigger than you. There, there was um, there was a slogan, or not even a slogan. There's a I know people don't listen to hip hop like this, but there's a battle rapper named Loaded Lux, and he was talking to Calico years back, and he said, "Would you kill the world to save yourself? Would you kill the world to save yourself?" Mario Cristobal, that's my question that I'm addressing to you. People have messages in music. I, I, I love music. I'm sorry, Sports City. But I, this is something I can't get over. This this feel like the Doug Flutie Hail Mary. This feel like the the Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary when they call face mask on Ziggy Answer when he didn't face mask him and he still got the Hail Mary up. It's like you can't do nothing about it because <laughs> somebody else, you can only control what you can control. I still remember that game with Aaron Rodgers. The game was over. The Lions won that game, period. And it's like I still feel like that about Miami. Miami won that game. There's no way that they should be in the crosshairs of fumbling the ball. That's that's disgusting. That is sports. I will never get over this. Like I said, sports has some um, <laughs> wheels churning for real, and it and it's a city in a desert near California. Let me just tell you that. Okay, so sports city. Let me get into week. Five? Yeah, week five. Goodness, this, these Burmans already kicking off going crazy. I'm telling you, 2023 is a speed demon. <laughs> Let me say, I, I just remember New Year's. I remember popping bottles New Year's and enjoying myself. This year is almost over. Okay, so week five, we already passed the first quarter of the uh, NFL season. An interesting one is going on overseas right now. The Jaguars are up 11-7. Like I said, things that make you go, hmm, Buffalo just been playing crazy, beat the Dolphins, you're in a nail-biter up against the Jaguars, what, because it's Trevor Lawrence's birthday? Give me a break. Watch the Bills either win this one late or the Jaguars take your money, just like uh, Mike hit on, money line. Somebody probably bet a whole bunch of money on the Bills' money line, and they're probably going to sweep up in Las Vegas. But we'll be still watching this closely as the Jaguars are leading slim in this game. Okay, so the first game I have are the Houston Texans on the road up against the Atlanta Falcons team. Both of these teams are 500 at this point in time. I'll start with you first, Royce. Who do you like in this matchup and why, Houston or Atlanta? I'm going Atlanta because it's Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. Okay, we have that. Mike, who do you like in this one, Atlanta or Houston. You know, it's funny. Uh, one of the things that Breaking Hughes likes to say, Breaking News Brian Hughes likes to say, is that Anthony Richardson might be the best quarterback in this draft. And he could be before it's done. But I'm telling you right now, uh, C.J. Stroud looks like the truth. D'Amico Ryan has himself a quarterback in Houston. Uh, that team pulled off one last weekend, as we talked about ad nauseum uh, this week. This is a road game, though, and I'm not sure how good the Texans are going to be able to stop the run. I do have more faith in C.J. Stroud, but I'm going to go with Atlanta and B. John Robinson at home. I think they find a way to get it done uh, in a very close ball game. Okay, calling in just for the picks. We have missed the controversy. James, welcome to the brunch. Who do you like in this matchup, the Falcons or the Texans? Um, I'm going to take the Texans. 
I have not seen Desmond Ritter throw one good game yet, and the league's starting to figure it out. Yeah, it's one of the best running games in the league, but if you are only running half an offense, it's really hard to win. I'm taking the Texans. As much as I like Will Anderson, I love the story. The one thing about <clears throat> C.J. Stroud is, is he not throwing an interception at this point in time. That is a very interesting stat that this guy is very safe with the ball. It's like if every quarterback had that mindset, I feel like everybody's team would be so much better. But it's one thing about the NFL. Everybody turns into somewhat of a gunslinger because they're getting paid the big bucks. So with that being said, this is in Atlanta. I feel like that home pressure should rise for them as they say, quote, unquote, rise up. I definitely think Atlanta has to stay in somewhat of contention in the NFC South. I'm going to go with the Falcons as well. As much as I do like the way that James hit on that, I feel like this can be a tough game for the Texans. Uh, but the Texans have proved them right last week, uh, beating the crap out of Pittsburgh. And that, I think, got the ball rolling for some angry opportunities here in Sports City, to say the most. I've been going through a lot of Sports City, believe me. The life of timeless. <clears throat> Speaking of which, the life of timeless. The next game I have are the Carolina Panthers coming into four field up against the Detroit Lions. I'll come to you first on this one, Mike. Who do you like in this game and why? The Panthers or the injured Detroit Lions? I'll take the uh, the injured Detroit Lions. Listen, messing with a wounded cat is not a good idea, and this is sort of a revenge game in some ways. Uh, for the Lions, as this was the the game that pretty much kept them out of the playoffs last year. I think the Lions get this done. I just think even banged up, uh, you know, this team is is better uh, than Carolina. Uh, the Lions have been playing really good ball the last few weeks, and they're going to get it done today against Carolina. James, who do you like in this game and why? The Panthers or the Lions? Oh. <sighs> Um, I'm going to take the Lions. Um, I don't know. What, what's the spread on this? Nine and a half, I think. Uh, it went to ten at one point. It went to nine. It fell as of today. It's at nine now. I'm going to definitely take the um, the Panthers to cover. They're going to cover easily. I think this is going to be a three-point or less game. I do not like Bryce Young. I didn't like him at the beginning. I still don't like him now. Um, as an NFL prospect, but the loss of Amon Ross St. Brown means something in the passing game and the running game. I don't know what JMO is going to bring in um, from the wide receiver position and his first game back. It's a question. I think that the Lions still pull it out from a uh, really strong defensive front um, performance against a really suspect offensive line of the Panthers. I'm going to take the Lions. Wow, it seems like you've been watching a lot of Lions football. You are breaking them down. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm, whoa, Sports City. I'm telling you, boy, he's been, he been watching now. I don't I don't know if you've ever watched it before, like, but he's really breaking them down now. I give y'all that. I give y'all that. The, the, um, 
in the words of Dorothy, I grew up on a movie <laughs> um, that I think a lot of these people may have grew up off of, but her name was Dorothy. She had a dog named Toto. The name of the movie was Wizard of Oz. She clicked the hills and said, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. There is no place like Fort Phil. I got to go with them. Um, I agree with James. I feel like nine is a lot. They, this thing went as high as ten, um, and then everybody started falling into the injury uh, report. Um, how did it go? St. Brown is out. Uh, Gibbs is questionable and doubtful. Um, Brian Branch is out. Like, there's so many pieces in Detroit that are out. Uh, I feel like trying to save as much of their bodies as they can uh, in a game that I agree with what Mike said in the movie next Friday. This is the rematch, fool. This is the rematch. They, they beat the crap out of uh, Detroit last year and took them out of playoff contention last year. And it was the run game that squashed the Lions as best as possible. Detroit has to turn that around because Detroit, people ain't going to like what I'm about to say, but I love this. I love it. They don't like it, but I love it. Detroit has the best rush defense in the NFL. That's not a mistake, people. <laughs> the Detroit Lions have the best rushing defense in the NFL, and that's up against Pacheco. That was up against Kenneth Walker. That was up against B. John Robinson and Algier and Aaron Jones and Dylan. They did all of that work, and they got top honors at this point. I think that Carolina game last year woke them up and said, this can't happen any longer. They have to prove that they have turned the corner up against this Panther team. Go Lions! Royce, who are you liking this matchup and why? Detroit or the Panthers? Going with the Lions. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, giving, I'm, I'm being too much today. I'm sorry. Um, the next matchup I have is the Titans and Colts. This is an interesting one. Uh, AFC South battle. James, I'll come to you first. Who do you like in this matchup and why? The Titans are favored by two and a half on the road. Um, I'm going to take the Colts. Jonathan Taylor's back. He is going to be on a snap count this week. So, fantasy football players, um, if you're desperate, you can still run Zach Moss as a flex option for this week. But this is going to be the last week you're going to be able to do it. Um, and Anthony Richardson has been impressive thus far. I'm going to take the Colts over the Titans. I like it. I like it. You little Sagittarius, you, you little Sagittarius, you dog. Got it. This is a tough one because it's like Derrick Henry finally got his legs underneath him, and I love both of these running backs. Derrick Henry is one of my favorites, if not my favorite running back in the league at this point in time. And uh, Jonathan Taylor, well, the last name speaks for itself, but um, he just got paid. That's that's why I'm like, is it one of these situations where he turns into Ezekiel Elliott where everybody's like, oh, well, Zeke got the money, he couldn't run no more? Or does he take this like, well, I've been out for four weeks, i got to prove to the world that I'm here. I'm going with Indy. i, I got to agree with you. i go with the Colts just because Andy Richards isn't getting on this field, and um, I, I guess he got to show his worth for getting paid by Ursay, which one of the more questionable people in the league. But we'll we'll move on from that. Royce, are you going with the Titans or the hometown team in Indy? I'm going with the Titans. Woo! 
Uh-oh. That made him mad from last week. <laughs> Mike, who do you like in this matchup and why? Uh, Titans or Colts? You know, the one thing to be careful about in this league is uh, is seeing week to week. Derrick Henry did get his legs under him last week and looked really good. I don't know that we'll see it in back-to-back games. And for some reason, this Colts team has always uh, given the Titans trouble. Maybe we'll see a reverse of fortunes later this year when they're in Nashville. Uh, but I think that on the road, especially Tannehill is going to Tannehill, uh, the Colts can do enough to stop the run. And I think the Titans might have a little trouble stopping uh, the Colts running game. So I'm going to go with Indianapolis at home in a close game. It is not one that I would touch as far as the spread goes. Uh, that's what <clears> – <throat> The what happened in Miami got me. No, I don't want to touch a game. <laughs> like I just want to watch games peacefully. I, I want to be peaceful from now on. Um, oh God, here we go with these startups. Sports City. I don't. I don't like that I put us in these positions because things can happen. But you know, the seed time and things of that nature, I have to do this. Is there anybody in this doggone kitchen that believes the Big Blue of the Giants can go into Hard Rock? and beat the Miami Dolphins, especially after a, a loss that they suffered to Buffalo pretty bad. And the Dolphins are favored by 13, to say the least. Anybody believe the Giants can do it? Nope. No. <laughs> but if we're, if we're going if, if to hit fancy football for a second, Daniel Jones is probably on the waiver wire for a lot of people out there. I think that this is the week to start him. If you are a Justin Herbert owner or a Deshaun Watson guy, if your guys on, if your starters on by this week and Daniel Jones is on your waiver wire, he's worth the pickup this week. Mike and Royce, you guys get on my nerves. I just want y'all two to know that the way that both of you said no like that, I am laughing hysterically. Um, the next matchup is a good one, Sports City. The 2-2 two and two New Orleans Saints come to my region of the world up against the New England Patriots, who are 1-3. and three. The Patriots are favored by a point and a half. To me, this is virtually a pick em. Who do you guys like and why? Well, first and foremost, I'm going to set it off. I'm going to go with the Saints. I'm going to go with the Saints. Um, I'm scared. <laughs> I am scared of this pick. Um, here's why I'm scared of it. Because Belichick sits up there and he knows how to take out your best option that helps you, you know, try to win games, so on and so forth. I feel like that there's so much things happening for that Patriot team that I don't know if they could get over the hump. He's still stuck on Stevenson. They have to make that turnover and make Zeke the starter. Zeke has to be the starter in that run game. Mac Jones as much as I got into this past week of watching you get clobbered by the doggone Cowboys, you do not look like the quarterback of the future at all. I, I, I don't care what they, they – they need somebody to structure you. If Belichick can't help you, if he can't get Tom Brady to come in there and start teaching you things, if Tom Brady can't do that at all, I don't know who saves you guys. Um, This is going to be a very interesting game, but I, I feel like this is going to be a nail-biter. That's why that spread is very close. <clears throat> I'm, I'm going with the Patriots to – I'm, excuse me, I'm going with the Saints to knock off the Patriots in Gillette. 
at that. It's in Massachusetts at that. Um, Royce, who do you like in this matchup, Saints or Patriots? Get your hand out of my pocket, fool. I'm going with the Saints. Uh-oh. Okay. I ain't Malcolm. I, ain't, I eat pork. Mike, who, well, no, Mike going last. James, who do you like in this one, Saints or Patriots? I'm also going with the Saints. Um, Mac Jones has been figured out by the league. Everybody knows how to defend Mac Jones. If he happens to get replaced by Billy Zappi, things might change. But as of right now, I think the Saints got to cover. I'm going Saints. Yeah, he's garbage. I I, I just care less on what pass he complete or if he picks up a first down scrambling. Mac Jones is terrible. Um, Mike, tell me about your boys, man. How do you guys get over hundred? Oh, man. Listen, uh, they they tried to call him Mac Chen when he first came in the league. He didn't look like a Mac Chen this past week at all. Uh, but that Dallas defense has made a lot of quarterbacks look bad. Uh, I need to see Derek Carr be able to throw the ball down the field a little bit. I know he hurt his shoulder uh, in the Green Bay game. Uh, you know, it's nice to have Kamara back. You can't make changes during the season as far as uh, coaches go. That's just not going to work. So the Saints have what they have. I said earlier this week that if you want to watch good football, this is not the game to watch. I think this is going to be one of the ugliest football games played. Uh, But I think that the Saints have enough on the offensive side of the ball. They got enough weapons on the outside uh, with Kamara back in the running game and with a defense that still plays pretty nasty. Uh, I think the Saints find a way to get this done. Uh, defense travels, and especially against a struggling quarterback. I think the Saints win. I, I think this is going to be very, very ugly, though. This could be like 13-9 to 9 or something disgusting like that. Uh, I, I don't know. But if you, if you want to watch good football, uh, don't watch this game. If you're looking for a little comic relief because your team is struggling today or something, this may be something to flip over to for a little bit. But I think the Saints win. Uh, if they don't, there's going to be a lot more questions uh, than answers in this building. Uh, they've had a lot of questions to answer this week, and I, I think they've still got some more to answer even if they do get this thing done. But this is a must win for New Orleans today. And what makes this tougher, and I'm glad that Mike hit on the name, <clears throat> Is it, that's a quarterback I don't like. I don't like Derek Carr. Derek Carr always has that questionable play throughout the season, especially all that I've seen with him in Oakland and Vegas. But the way that he plays compared to Mac Jones is like <laughs> Mac Jones looked horrible. That sack that he took, that fumble stick where uh, Van Der scored a touchdown, that that sold it for me. Like I, I don't need to see anything else. Uh, even I feel like the Patriots can make this again because I'm talking crap. I know how karma works for me. Let me shut up before it do happen. Um, the next matchup I have here on week five, this is an interesting game, especially after what James did to me last weekend, people. Um, we have the Baltimore Ravens going into Pittsburgh up against a two and two Pittsburgh Steelers team. The Ravens are favored by four and a half in Pennsylvania. Royce, who do you like in this matchup and why the Ravens or the Steelers? I'm going with the Ravens. Timeless Lamar Jackson. That's why. Mike, who do you like in this matchup and why? Ravens or Steelers? 
I'm going with the Ravens too. This is on the road, and this is, uh, you know, big for them. They, they dropped a game a couple weeks ago that they probably shouldn't have, and I know they've kind of been banged up. But this uh, this Pittsburgh offense does not give me the confidence to pick them. Uh, Kenny Pickett struggled. I don't even know if he's playing today or if Trubisky's going to play. He's I playing. haven't seen that. He's playing. Oh, pick, he's playing. Pickett is playing. Okay. Hurt. The Pickett's Andy playing. Hurt. Andy Hurt. Yeah, I, I'm not impressed with what I've seen from him. And listen, uh, Baltimore, there's been several versions of Baltimore over the last few years that they've continued to turn that roster over year in and year out. But one thing that's pretty consistent with the Ravens is you don't really want to uh, bring a struggling offense up against that Ravens defense. That's usually not a good recipe for success. So I'm going to take Baltimore on the road in Pittsburgh. And and th- just as an aside, tell you that that means that we will probably get a, another very entertaining finger food from Sirius Simmons this week. Towards it, <clears throat> I'm going to go Ravens, right? Watch this game be a tough one. Watch this game be close because it's a rivalry, black and blue division in the AFC. And um, a lot of people probably are going to pick the Ravens as well just because of what we saw last week. Watch the Steelers come out with their hair on fire and play a good game. If if not, if the Steelers get blown out bad how they should because the way the Texans beat them up like that, there has to be more pressure in front of Michael Tomlin. As much as I respect him, love him for everything that he's done for Pittsburgh, even though I ain't no Pittsburgh fan, um, he can't dodge any more bullets. Um, everybody's been talking about Canada, which we all agree Canada should, you know, he got more than just a question to answer in front of the president and go home. Uh, those issues still loom in Pittsburgh. They are going to, if he can't address the questions, then Tom is going to be the guy that has to face the fire at the end of the day, even though his resume speaks for itself. Um, James, who do you have in this matchup, uh, Ravens or Steelers? I'm going to take the Ravens. I think this is going to end up being Canada's last game as the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, when you're a home dog like that, it means you're going to lose, and you're probably going to lose by more than the floor that you're already um, down by. So I'm, I'm going to take the Ravens to win and to cover. Um, and, yeah, I'll also put a little bit of money on Matt Canada being fired this week. You think it's happening. Wow. Okay. I'm going to watch this closely. If he don't make it past today, James, is might, he might just be the, um, the schwam. Okay. The next matchup I have is the Philadelphia Eagles on the road up against the Los Angeles Rams in which this, – this is interesting. The Eagles are favored by four in L.A. Cooper Cup returns, especially after the huge win that they pulled off last week. Mike, who do you like in this matchup and why, the Eagles or the Rams? Believe it or not, this is a hard game for me to pick uh, because Eagles being undefeated, but I think at times they have looked a little bit underwhelming. Uh, The Rams comfortable at home. You get Cooper cut back. You got the other guy, I'm not even going to try to say his name right now, uh, that's been really good at the wide receiver position for them. Uh, this has all the makings of a trap game for Philadelphia. Uh, but with this team having been there before, I'm going to say they find a way to get it done and the Eagles fly at SoFi. But I don't think that this is going to be a blowout. I think this is going to be a nail-biter. 
And I think the Eagles pull it out late. I think Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, uh, maybe make a play in the, at the end. But this is a game that I actually thought long and hard about and really, really considered picking the, the upset in. But I think Eagles win. James, who do you like and why? Eagles or Rams? I'm going to take the Eagles. Um, I think the Rams can win, but I don't think they will. Uh, I'm I'm not buying what everybody's selling on the whole Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua are going to coexist and be a um, be like a miniature wide receiver duo kind of thing. Um, they're two similar players. There's a reason why Van Jefferson has been the um, the wide receiver two for the Los Angeles Rams for so long. And it's mostly because he's a different style of player to Cooper Cup. Cooper's great. He is going to be the next Cooper Cup when Cooper Cup gets a little bit too old. So keeper leagues look, keep him on your roster for a while. But um, I'm still taking the Eagles overall. Well, Sports City, here we go. I'm going against the grain. I'm going with the Rams to pull this off at home. That four looks so interesting. And how spooky this weekend is going. I feel like everybody feels like everybody else in this doggone building is going to go with the Eagles. I'm going with the Rams to pull off the upset in SoFi um, and give the Eagles their first loss in a while. Um, Royce, who do you like in this matchup? I have somebody in queue as well. The Eagles or the Rams? The Eagles are on the road. What can Brown do for you when love hurts? Eagles fly high. All righty, Sports City. We have calling out of the West Coast area. My big brother, the new grandpa, breaking news, Brian Hughes. Welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? Fantastic. Sorry I'm late to the party, party gentlemen, but uh, it was good to hear uh, everybody on this morning, and uh, I'm uh, I'm doing well. Okay, I'm going to run these quick to you. Just give me one word, okay? You ready? Yep. Texans, Falcons. Texans. Panthers, Lions. Lions. Titans, Colts. Colts. Mm, he had to think. I got him. Um, do, <laughs> do you believe the Giants can beat the Dolphins? No. <laughs> Listen, you, Mike, and Roy said that notice. Saints are funny. Um, the Saints and the Patriots. You know what? I'm going to let you know right now. Uh-oh. Saints. But if, if, if the Patriots win, the Saints are in a lot bigger trouble than we, than we originally thought. Right. I said the same thing. I said the same thing. Uh, Ravens and Steelers. Ravens. All right, we're all caught up. All right, now the Eagles in L.A., who do you like? Eagles. I'm the only one. Eagles, I, Eagles, I have not, Eagles have not played their best Have not played their best game of football yet. Um, <clears throat> and that D-line, as much as I want to say my D-line is, that D-line is the best D-line in all of football. And um, they're they're going to have to pass because the Rams cannot run the ball. So I, I think I think the Eagles put it together. I think they win by at least ten. 
But Sports City, he keep calling these points out. I, 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 watch. He better be here next week. I know that, Sports City. Um, the, the next match, oh, this is a tough one. I can't even say it like that. Um, the next matchup is a battle of one and threes. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals are on the road up against the Arizona Cardinals. They both are one and three. The Bengals are favored mm-hmm. by three, in which I don't even know if you guys heard it. Chase and Zach Taylor are beefing. Chase has actually been making rumblings in Cincinnati. This is tough because I – wow. I, I can't believe what I was reading today. I hope it's not true. But um, this is a very interesting game. Bengals or Cardinals, Jimmy, let me know who you like, Cincinnati or Arizona. I think I'm going to take Arizona, as weird as that might sound. I'm going to take the upset, and it's mostly because the Bengals are both playing below their station. They've been playing below their station because they haven't rested Joe Burrow up to a point where he's an effective starter. Their offensive line is garbage, and he can't run away on that cast that he's got. The Cardinals, on the other hand, are a team that are playing above their station by any regard. Like, like Dobbs shouldn't be playing this well. So they're so I'm going to take the Cardinals. I'm going to go Bengals. They got to get this thing turned around. If Joe Burrow, I know he's hurting. But if he loses his game up against a Cardinal team in which he just got paid and they got to keep ground in that AFC North, they, there's more than just an issue. Then if he loses his game up against the Cardinals, wrap him up. He's hurting. He, he can't do anything for you if he can't beat one of the worst teams in the league right now. I, I care less if it's in a toaster or if it's in Cincy. I, I got to go with the Bengals. This is hard. I, I'm going to be watching this closely just because James picked the Cardinals. Brian, who do you like in this matchup and why? Uh, Bengals or Cardinals? Well, listen, we're really, really early into this year, but if you look at strength of schedule based off of last year's record, Cardinals have had one of, if not the most difficult schedule. I kind of agree with James, and that doesn't happen very often, but I think uh, I think the Cardinals play, are playing much better football right now. I think Dobbs is outplaying Burrow, he's mobile. He's able to create with his feet. He's able to create. Uh, he's able to create in the passing game. And most people would not know if you don't follow the Cardinals or if you don't um, watch the games. But Connor right now is a top five running back in the league. When you look at yards and yards per carry, he he's doing his thing. So. Uh, I, I can't believe I'm saying it, but uh, I, I actually think the Cardinals will beat the Bengals. The Bengals are a mess right now. Well, 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 I'll be doggone. Mr. King, who do you like in this one, Cardinals or Bengals? Uh, I'm going to go with the Bengals. All righty. Mike, who do you like in this one, Bengals or Cardinals? I don't feel great about this game either way. Uh, James Conner has started more than one season off really good, and then at some point he really tails off. I don't think this is the week. Uh, Right now I'm in Iowa, but I'm one state away from Missouri, which is the show-me state. Joe Burrow, Cincinnati, you guys got to show me. Uh, This team did look good a couple weeks ago against the Rams. was able to put a little bit of pressure. 
In fact, the quarterback Dobbs can move around and escape that. The last team that has serious playoff aspirations that went into the toaster was the Dallas Cowboys, and Dim Boys got knocked off. Um, I think this Arizona team can win at home today against Cincinnati. So for the first time this year, I'm going to go against Cincinnati and take the Cardinals. Wow. Everybody going Cardinals today? This is crazy. Okay. Let's get it going. The next matchup I have is, wow. (laughs) This is getting, I'm telling you, it is spooky. It is so spooky. This October is disgusting. Um, the New York Jets take their talents to Colorado up against the Denver Broncos. Both of these teams are one and three. Denver is favored by two and a half. Who do you guys like and why? I got to go first, actually, on this one. Um, Jesus Christ. Um, here we go. I am going to go. <laughs> I don't know how to pick this game. This is a bad game. This is a bad game. NFL, what are you doing? This this game shouldn't even be bad. I'm going with the Broncos. I'm going to go with the Broncos at home. Um, I really think Sean Payton has to get this thing turned around. Sean Payton does not have time to sit up here and lose to a Jets team that's still struggling, even though the Jets defense is strong enough to actually bring some question marks to Russell Wilson and them. I feel like Russell has to get this done in front of the home crowd. I'm going with the Broncos. Brian, who do you like in this matchup and why? Jets or Broncos? I, I like the Jets. I think the Jets win this game. I think the Bron- I think the Broncos are so bad defensively, they're going to make Zach Wilson look like a competent quarterback this week. They'll have 250-plus yards and at least two touchdowns. Okay. Royce, who do you like in this matchup, Jets or Broncos? Jets. Me be the only one doing it, Mike. Who do you like in this one, Jets or Broncos? I am going to take. I, I have just so you know, I've gone back and forth and taken both of these teams in my head like three times in the last uh, thirty-one seconds. But I think that Russell is the Wilson that has a better game. However, I think the more complete team is the Jets, and I think that Sean Payton goes to one and four, and the New York Jets get this win this weekend. <clears throat> James, who do you like in this game and why? Jets or Broncos? Um, I'm also taking the Jets. Um, Zach, oh, wow. or, uh, I mean, uh, Wilson. <laughs> What's that? Uh, he's, it's, 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 it's your favorite team. We'd expect it. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a lot of favorite teams these days. Um, but I, I, I am going to take the Jets. I, I have a feeling that, I mean, let's just put it this way. The Broncos didn't look good in their victory against the worst team, the hands down worst team in the NFL, the Chicago Bears. And... The Jets are better than the Bears. And the offense hasn't figured it out yet in spite of a myriad of offensive weapons on that team. Will they end better? Sure, but 
there's a reason why Sean Payton came out and said this was the worst coached football team that he's ever been with when he was in training camp. This is going to be a long fix, not a short fix. Not the first quarter of the year. I'm going the Jets. Oh, by myself. Okay, so um, the last 4 o'clock game, this is an interesting one. I really want to say it the wrong way, but I'm going to let everybody have to pick. The Kansas City Chiefs take their talents to Minneapolis, Minnesota, up against the Vikings. Uh, and I'll let you go first. Who do you like and why? The Chiefs are favored by three and a half on the road. Chiefs or Vikings? I don't think it's that interesting. I think the Chiefs win. I think Miami, I, I think Minnesota's a bad football team that finds bad ways to lose in bad fashion. They can pass the ball a little bit, but they don't do anything else really above average. I'll take the Chiefs. Another game I think they'll win by double digits. If y'all see Brian in them streets, y'all hold him to it if it don't happen. Y'all got to get him in here because I'll be pulling and pleading, but He's a grandfather now, so I got to let him do his thing, man. I've been doing it for years. I've been yelling at him. Royce, who do you like in this matchup, Chiefs or Vikings? Kansas City. Okay. Mike, who do you like in this matchup, uh, Kansas City or Minnesota? Listen, Caleb Williams came out this week and said that he's making enough money at USC that he doesn't have to come out this year. If he doesn't want to, he says the only pro teams that he wants to play for are the Giants, the Raiders, the Cowboys. Uh, who else did he mention? There was one more, but the other one was the Vikings. And so that being said, I think the Vikings continue their march towards uh, the Caleb Williams uh, sweepstakes. And I think Kansas City gets this done today. I think they're going to have trouble covering Justin Jefferson. I think he's going to get his. But at the end of the day, uh, Pat Mahomes greater than Kirk Cousins. And this Chiefs defense, even though at times it has been much maligned, is a little bit better than the product that Minnesota puts out there on the field. So Chiefs get it done on the road. Jimmy, who do you like in this one, Chiefs or Vikings? I'm going to take the Chiefs, but I think I'm going to take the Vikings to cover if, it's, if they don't cover, it's going to be close. The, the Chiefs have not been the team. I think this is going to be close. The Chiefs have not been the team that we've remembered for the past three or four years. The Chiefs are almost mortal going up against, um, I would say, the Lions and a bunch of regular teams. So I don't think this is going to be as one-sided as everybody thinks. I'm, but I am taking the Chiefs to win. It's close. The spread is three and a half. So that half a point is everything, huh? I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think a field goal game is about where I'd want to put it. Well, uh, it's not, all right. I don't get it. But I, I'm, I agree across the board. I'm going with the Chiefs, and I'm, I'm doing this like personally. Um, the Vikings are in the division. <laughs> so, go ahead, Pat. Go get them, Pat. And the crazy part about it is, on my fantasy team, this is the crazy part of Sports City. My starting quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. My backup is Kirk Cousins, right? 
Tell me why Kirk Cousins has been doing way better than Patrick Mahomes, except last week. Last week, Mahomes had a better week than Kirk Cousins. But every week, even with the losses that the Vikings have been suffering, Kirk Cousins has been lighting that board on fire. But I'm still going to put this across the board. I feel like the Chiefs take care of business. Um, and that, that's not only analytical, I'm doing it personal. My love you. My mother's a Vikings fan, if y'all don't know. Um Rounding out the remainder of the Sunday games is the game all night, Sunday night football. The Dallas Cowboys are going into Santa Clara up against the San Francisco 49ers, 3-1 Cowboys, 4-0 Niners. The Niners are favored by 3.5. This fell from 4 to 3.5. Vegas is acting shady, baby. Um, Who do I go to on this one? Royce, who, who do you like in this one? Cowboys, your, your Cowboys or the Niners? Who do you got in this game and why? So, somebody uh, give me the quick little history fact. What was the year of the catch? Tell me what year that was. Which, which catch? There's a lot of catches. Clark. The year of the catch. The year of the catch. The original catch to me. I'm, 81. I'm doing it for a reason. 81. I was a nine-year-old kid. They strongly disliked the 49ers behind that catch. They made me <laughs> cry as a kid. I'm going with the Cowboys. <laughs> Yo, that is hilarious, and I'm going to tell you why to in a little bit. Mike, who do you like in this one, Cowboys or Niners in Cali? Niners at home are the best team in the NFC right now. They show it again today. Don't say that. Brian is here. Uh James, Cowboys or Niners in Cali? Oh, I need to keep up with the memes, but I really can't. I want to say we them boys, but we ain't them boys this week. I'm taking the Niners. (laughs) (laughs) You going with the 49ers or the Cowboys? I'm going with the Niners. Because uh, the record, the, if we were recording these picks, then I would probably just stick with the memes. Oh, we but. are. Oh, we are. We we are recording these picks. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, uh, so, so I will. I will go with the Niners to win. Look at this. Look at this. Um, I'm scared of this game. You know what? I'm rocking with Royce. I'm going with the Cowboys just because he said that specific year. You want to know why? I was born 1981. Just because he did that, just because he did that, as I said, I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna tell him why. 1981 was the year I, I graced the earth. So I'm, I'm going with the Cowboys. I feel like this is a setup game. I feel like everybody's gonna go Niners. The Niners has been the juggernaut. Their offense has been clicking crazy. Christian McCaffrey is probably like the story of the year. They feel like he's the offensive player of the year, which the number that he's putting up is truthful at this point in time. The way that Shanahan's been opening the door for him. And the defense has been doing just enough at this point in time. But I feel like Michael Parsons and them can get to Purdy. They know the blueprint of what the Eagles did, and they're similar, somewhat similar to what the Eagles have been doing at this point in time. I feel like the Cowboys do pull this off and give the Niners their first loss. They, the Niners can't run this table. They can't go 17-0. I, I don't believe it. I'm, I'm not a believer. Cry me a river. Um, Brian, tell me why your boys keep this thing going at 5-0. and well, listen, I, I, I heard all the reasons why you think 
why why you guys are picking Dallas. Uh, but I mean, I look at this game. Listen, it, it, it could absolutely go either way. Last year in the championship, or last year in the playoffs, it was a nineteen to twelve game. It wasn't like it wasn't like it was a blowout or anything else. Dak did not have a great game, but I'm gonna give you guys facts because you know that's what Breaking News Hughes does. The Dallas Cowboys right now are 30th in red zone efficiency. They don't score touchdowns inside the red zone. They were one in four last week in a blowout. They were one in four in the red zone. And by the way, the defense continues to score more points than the offense. In four weeks, Dak has four touchdowns. I think the Niners offense is light years better than it was last year when they met. I think Brock has a better uh, understanding of the offense. I think Brandon Ayuk is coming into his own. Um, I just think that they're a more well-rounded offense. Christian McCaffrey, you know, uh, George Kittle, still going to be a problem. Debo, healthier this week. I just think it's going to be a problem. And if you go back and you look at the two, the last two times the Niners and the Cowboys have played on third down, more than four yards against the Niners, the Cowboys are, drumroll, four and 22 on third down conversion. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball particularly well today. That's usually what the Niners shut down. I think you're going to be in a lot of third and longs. They're not great at red zone conversion. They're not great at third down conversion. To be honest with you, I think it's kind of disrespectful that the line's at three and a half. You're basically giving three points for it being a home game. So you're basically saying it's a pick em. Cowboys have been incredibly inconsistent. And every blowout win they've had, it's because the defense has stepped up and gotten multiple picks. Brock Purdy hasn't turned the ball over one time all year long. So even if he does, it's going to be one. And I just don't see that being enough for Dallas and that offense to be able to win this game. So I think this game is going to be quite a bit different than the game we saw last year in the playoffs. I think the offense is more well-rounded. For San Francisco, there's a reason why they're the only team in the league that scored 30-plus points in every single game this year. The offense is clicking. I like the Niners. You like your team. I love mine. Okay, so the last game we have, Monday Night Football, the Los Vegas Raiders hosts the Green Bay Packers, in which the Packers are sitting at two and two. The Raiders are one and three. The Raiders are favored at home by two, virtually a pick 'em, unless it does come into one of those nail by the one point <laughs> games. Um, I'll throw this one to you, Mike. Who do you like and why? Packers or Raiders Monday night? Go Pack, go! I haven't really seen minus a one win against the. Uh, Broncos, I haven't seen anything from the Raiders that really impresses me this season. Uh, so I'll take the Packers on Monday night. Hey, who do you like and why, Packers or Raiders? Oh, this might be the hardest pick of the week, honestly. Um, I'm going to go with the Raiders. Um, Devontae Adams. Revenge game. I think he's mm-hmm. going to ball out. 
I yeah, I'm taking and I'm going to take the Raiders. I also think the run game is going to be better in favor of Josh Jacobs and the um and the Raiders. So I'll take them. Yeah, Raiders. I got to keep up ground with James. James is up here beating us up from last week. He won last week. I'm going Packers. Um, I got to catch him. I really feel like Jordan Love has to turn this thing around. And um, the issues still loom out there in Vegas. Um, there's, there's so much going on, and, and Devontae already making more rumblings of, of what this team needs to do. I think the Raiders could be possibly on the terms of being in shambles. Um, Brian, who do you like in this matchup and why? Uh, Packers or Raiders? Yeah, I... I'm going to go with Green Bay. I, I, the only thing that gives me pause is that Green Bay, if you look, almost every game this year starts horribly slow, gets themselves into a massive hole, down by double-digit points, and then have to claw their way back. They've been able to win some of those games. And as you know, last week against Detroit, not win some of those games. But I just can't in good faith pick – James Oakland Raiders, I'm going to call them Oakland, Oakland Raiders, when you, look at the, 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 when you look at the body of the work and they lost to the Powder Puff Steelers and they barely beat the horrific Broncos by one, I, I, I just don't see the impressive win. I just don't see a team that uh, should be able to win this game. I, I, I think Green Bay wins this game and it, it should be pretty convincing. All righty, and last but not least, Mr. King, who do you like in this matchup, Packers or Raiders? I'm going with the Raiders. Whoa, okay, we have two going with the Raiders. Okay, well, that rounds out our week five here in Sports City. We are going to close this thing down as best as possible. Great show. Believe me, Sports City, my energy is still on a freaking – 98 after what just happened. I, I can't believe what I've seen. And um, my, I've been saying it for years to them and people being like, no, it ain't like that. And believe me, there's nothing nobody can tell. I feel like Kanye, was you saying something? Uh-uh. Y'all can't tell me nothing. Um, We'll get plugs, close out shout outs to get out of this doggone building as best as possible. Royce, I'll let you set it off since you are first in the building to start this week off. Uh, give me a plug, close out, shout out as we shut the doors here at the brunch. All right, we just want to plug uh, first show of All You Can Eat Fantasy Basketball tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Hop on with your boy. Let's talk all things NBA. Thanks for having me. I'm out. Yes, sir. Please continue to tune in to Sports City. Mr. King will be back in the kitchen cooking up that good old round ball. If you did not see it, Chris Paul actually had a sighting yesterday with the Golden State Warriors up against the Lakers. Even though LeBron didn't play, it was still good. Interesting to see Chris Paul with Steph Curry. It was interesting. Um, breaking news, Hughes, I need a plug, closeout, shout-out, anything that you'd like to promote as we get up out of here wow. in the brunt. The Bills trying to make a comeback less than three minutes to go. ETN just rips off a 35-yard run to say, nah, maybe you guys aren't the best team, best team in the AFC. Go for the Jags, back to a double-digit lead. SportsCityChefs.com, check out the website. 
as James alluded to earlier, these guys are putting in work. Uh, I had a couple fantasy football dilemmas last week, was able to uh, get some advice to definitely help me. Um, no, no need to go to the, uh, you know, the, the brand name pundits that are only going to give you half as valuable the information. Check out the website. Check out the work they do. Definitely check out the uh, the podcast. Um, all of them are great. You want to expand your knowledge about baseball, basketball tomorrow with Royce, football, um, Sports City Chefs got you covered. I'm just going to leave you with this, Ty. Justin Fields, I think somebody finally told him that the Bears own currently the top two picks in the NFL draft because uh, the last two weeks, if you look at what Justin Fields has done, it is uh, nothing short of incredible. He's thrown the last two weeks. He's thrown for over 600 yards, eight touchdowns, and one pick. Uh, definitely making a case to not draft Caleb and uh, maybe get Marvin Harrison Jr. and someone else. We'll see, see how it goes, but he needs a couple more wins in order to, uh, to ensure he's probably not on the chopping block. It's been a pleasure, boys. Have a great weekend. Same to you, sir. I don't even know if Marvin Harrison Jr. will be there the way that he's playing. I, I feel like he's a top five pick. If the Bears keep winning, I, I don't know if Marvin will be there, but we'll Carolina. see. So that, is true. that is right now, which is number one. That is true. One, one way or another, they do fall into that. Shucks. Don't bring this dude to the, to the north, man. <laughs> He's good. He is good. Uh, He's he single-handedly saving Ohio State himself. Because uh, McCord, McLeod, the quarterback at Ohio State, wow. he's, no, he's not the guy. Um, Jimmy, give me a plug, close out, shout out as we shut the doors here at the brunch. All right, so um, if you go to sportsdaystep.com, I've been hitting fancy football content almost on a weekly basis. But if I'm going to give myself a shout out, it's to the 4 and O. Adirondack 46ers, let's go. All right, and last but not least, Mr. Harvey, give me a plug, close out, shout out as we shut the doors here at the brunch. And they already told you, sportscitychefs.com, check us out, website, blogs, finger foods, all kinds of things coming up. Some really entertaining finger foods last week on Steelers and Giants, and uh, they're going to keep putting them out, so keep checking us out. Uh, you just heard them. We got shows throughout the week, every weeknight but Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern time, basketball on Monday, NFL front office show on Tuesday, college cookout on Wednesday, roundtable gumbo on Thursday. Check us out, like, and subscribe. If you subscribe, you make sure you don't miss an episode. Likes helps us with the numbers. The Mothership, the show's kind of timeless Sunday morning brunch on 11 a.m. Eastern, the show we're currently doing where we uh, recap what happened over the weekend for you and set the table for Sunday sports action. Uh, many thanks to UTP. Without you, I wouldn't be here. Shout out to all the rest of the chefs, too. Uh, to Breaking News, Brian Hughes. To Controversy. To Royce. To Villain and Sirius and Chandler as well. Dave and Nate, all the other guys that are part of the Sports City Chefs family. Uh, much respect to all of you guys. Uh, one more shout out to phiapero.co. And then to use promo code CHEFS at checkout for 15% off. And to your point about Justin Fields, he's starting to establish some chemistry with DJ Moore. There's a reason why the Bears insisted that Moore be a part of that trade. Now if they can continue to beef up that receiving core and fix that offensive line, 
who knows? Maybe they have something with Justin Fields and people jump to conclusions too soon. But time will tell. But until next time, TP, man, much love and respect. And laissez les bons temps vous Peace. All right, Sports City. Well, we're going to get out of here as best as possible. Correction, Mike, there is a show Friday. Royce is on Fridays as well. Saturday is the only day that we are not active, but they are still trying to put more work back into this doggone kitchen. Hopefully they can smell what the chefs are cooking. SportsCityChefs.com, check out the website, the interviews, the blogs, the chefs. Everything that we've been putting together is a lot of stuff going down in these kitchen hallways as best as we can for you week by week, day after day. But y'all stay focused. More than likely, we giving you that good old food for thought. Hopefully y'all could do these dishes. Or on that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs, Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs, Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs, Sports City, Sports City, Chefs. Kaboom, Sports City Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, bloom like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in. We